exactly what kind of events and incidents was discreetly left to the reader's imagination. Some sixty years later, another great poet and cultural diagnostician, French, and therefore as licensed to be hyperbolic as the English are prone to understate, offered a more heated version of the same charge. Here is Baudelaire, writing in his journal in the early 1860s. It is impossible to glance through any newspaper, no matter what the day, the month, or the year, without finding on every line the most frightful traces of human perversity. Every newspaper, from the first line to the last, is nothing but a tissue of horrors. Wars, crimes, thefts, lecheries, tortures, the evil deeds of princes, of nations, of private individuals, an orgy of universal atrocity. And it is with this loathsome appetizer that civilized man daily washes down his morning repast. Newspapers did not yet carry photographs when Baudelaire wrote. But this doesn't make his accusatory description of the bourgeois sitting down with his morning newspaper to breakfast with an array of the world's horrors any different from the contemporary critique of how much desensitizing horror we take in every day via television as well as the morning paper. Newer technology provides a non-stop feed, as many images of disaster and atrocity as we can make time to look at. Since on photography, many critics have suggested that the excruciations of war, thanks to television, have devolved into a nightly banality. Flooded with images of the sort that once used to shock and arouse indignation, we are losing our capacity to react. Compassion, stretched to its limits, is going numb. So runs the familiar diagnosis. But what is really being asked for here? That images of carnage be cut back to, say, once a week? More generally, that we work toward what I called for in On Photography an ecology of images? There isn't going to be an ecology of images. No committee of guardians is going to ration horror to keep fresh its ability to shock, and the horrors themselves are not going to abate. The view proposed in On Photography, that our capacity to respond to our experiences with emotional freshness and ethical pertinence is being sapped by the relentless diffusion of vulgar and appalling images, might be called the conservative critique of the diffusion of such images. I call this argument conservative because it is the sense of reality that is eroded. There is still a reality that exists independent of the attempts to weaken its authority. The argument is in fact a defense of reality and the imperiled standards for responding more fully to it. In the more radical, cynical spin on this critique, there is nothing to defend. The vast maw of modernity has chewed up reality and spat the whole mess out as images. According to a highly influential analysis, we live in a society of spectacle. Each situation has to be turned into a spectacle to be real, that is, interesting to us. People themselves aspire to become images, celebrities. Reality has abdicated. There are only representations, media. Fancy rhetoric, this and very persuasive to many, because one of the characteristics of modernity is that people like to feel they can anticipate their own experience. This view is associated in particular with the writings of the late Guy Debord, who thought he was describing an illusion, a hoax, and of Jean Baudrillard, who claims to believe that images, simulated realities, are all that exist now. It seems to be something of a French specialty. It is common to say that war, like everything else that appears to be real, is médiatique. This was the diagnosis of several distinguished French day-trippers to Sarajevo during the siege, among them André Glucksmann, that the war would be won or lost 
not by anything that happened in Sarajevo, or indeed in Bosnia, but by what happened in the media. It is often asserted that the West has increasingly come to see war itself as a spectacle. Reports of the death of reality, like the death of reason, the death of the intellectual, the death of serious literature, seem to have been accepted, without much reflection, by many who are attempting to understand what feels wrong, or empty, or idiotically triumphant in contemporary politics and culture. To speak of reality becoming a spectacle is a breathtaking provincialism. It universalizes the viewing habits of a small, educated population living in the rich part of the world where news has been converted into entertainment. That mature style of viewing, which is a prime acquisition of the modern and a prerequisite for dismantling traditional forms of party-based politics that offer real disagreement and debate. It assumes that everyone is a spectator. It suggests...